0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild, another one, another one. We out here doing them every day, every day we own it, we own it every day. How often are you doing the podcast? Every day, boy. That's what I say when people ask, oh yeah, you. is that a weekly podcast? Nah, it's every day. Why have you got the accent on? Cause it's every day, baby. This, you're English. Why? Cause baby, it's every day. Every day we out here making content. We out here making hot, spicy content. Um, I think this pandemic has already shown, um, that people will make content no matter what. You know, I think the matter I I'd love to see. Imagine if World War Three actually went down. How would the internet respond? Because it's such a like... It's a weird, cold place sometimes. Like, if... During World War Two, if there was like... TikTok or... Instagram or Facebook... There would be definitely be... Whole battalions doing synchronised dances on TikTok... Before they went over the trenches. Like, the amount of memes there would be... About the Nazis and the Germans and the end of the world... It... Like, if there was an asteroid heading to to destroy planet Earth and we knew we had like 15 minutes left to live, definitely people would start making content about it. It's, I think we, it's definitely at that sort of mind frame where people are so focused on trying to be topical and have a hot take that even if the world was in pending doom, it would be like, shit, that's. Oh, God, do I have enough time to get a good bit out of that? Wait, we've got 20 minutes left. That means I can at least, if I can if I can do a video and get it out of my story on 10 minutes. Because, uh, yeah, I, I bet if that we, all of us knew the world was going to end, I bet you could go on Call of Duty online and you'd definitely find some people there. You'd definitely find people online still, 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 the, I, I bet you'd still be able to play some matches. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging, baby. Tactical Nuke. I've realised that um, with more people watching Boys Gone Wild, that within the algorithm, you might get a YouTube suggestion for some of my chort- Chortle Student Comedy Award videos. Uh, you're not allowed to watch those. That's unacceptable. And it's a you break trust. If you watch those, then you're not allowed to watch the podcast. If you look at my Charles Student Comedy Awards, then that's unethical and you've breached the the bond of trust that I've spent 14 episodes trying to build because those things are incredibly unethical. Basically, for people who don't know, is a competition for comedians who are, have to be at a university at the time and... Steve Bennett, the guy who runs all the biggest comedy website in the country, goes around all the universities and holds a heat. Then you get to semi-finals um, and then you get to a big final that's in Edinburgh. And it's a great competition because it's sort of one of the first real comps to really test like the new generation. Because if you win that, it's sort of like, you're sort of the best of the the youngest people, you know? Um, So I entered three times. And so I've got the, sadly, the rule is that you have to like sign this before you start that um, they they video all your every set on child student comedy, they video and they put on their YouTube, but you have to sign a thing where they say, you cannot, we, we will keep this up and you cannot take it down. And when you're just starting comedy, you don't give a shit. You don't think anything will happen. You don't think you'll even do it for a living. You don't think anything like that will come about. You don't think you'll be doing it in the future. So you say, fuck it. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. I'd rather, I wish I would hadn't entered just because of those videos. And I'm not the only comedian who's plagued by a Chortle Student Comedy Award video. Like you can find, or think of any British comedian who started young. They'll have a badly filmed with bad audio video of them doing bad stand-up in a bad room. um, I've got three up there because I entered three times. In the last time I made the semi-final and did not get put through the final, which was bullshit. Um, But I'm not bitter about it, I don't give a shit, okay? uh, I did nearly quit comedy after it because I was so pissed off, but that's not relevant. That's not why we're talking. Um, But the first one is so bad for so many reasons because it was my third ever gig. So there's now a clip out there of me doing my third ever gig and it's one of the things that comes up in suggested videos and it's fucking, my hair, I literally look like a pedophile because I look old, I literally look old for my age. I'm 23 and I look 32 but when I was 20, I think I was 19 when I did that. When I was 19, I looked 36. So like I've, I look younger now because I have sorted out, and I was going through a lot of shit. I think I wore a leather jacket. Like I had that phase. Yeah, it's a real I had gross manky long hair. I do not know what I was thinking, and the the stuff is appalling. But now I can't get it down. This the second one is fine, just like average, and the third one's fairly decent. It's good for a Chortle student, um, uh, comedy award video. But it's incredibly unethical that you can't take those down. The amount of iconic comedians who have videos. There's John Kurtz. He's one of the best comedians in the country. And he's got a video of him being shit (laughs) in the Georgia Student Comedy Awards. Sean McLaughlin, one of my favorite comedians. He's got a video up there from like 10 years ago. That video will outlast me. These videos will get taken down before that one does. And it's one of the first things. So, when people search for my name in YouTube, that's one of the first things that will come up. So, please do not watch it. I've been banging the new James Blake track. Um, I love James Blake. (laughs) All his songs sound like that, though. I be your. Yeah, it's so annoying sometimes. 'Cause I love you, it's a high high low, but it hurts me, it's a emo I am so lonely, it's a high They do all sound like that, but it's fucking for for a angsty white boy. Yes, please. I'll gobble up anything he puts out. I think his music is gorgeous. And one of my favourite albums of recent times is his album Assume Form. Um, and what, why that's a great album is because it's a bit of a departure from, from his normal stuff. Normally his stuff is unbelievably miserable about heartbreak, loss, loneliness. But this is an album about how basically he's found love and how... Uh, he's matured in his taste for love. He's matured in his views on love that he doesn't no longer sees it as something that has to be painful. It doesn't necessarily, for something to be passionate and a great love, it doesn't have to hurt. Uh, you can just flow together. The whole album's about him finding love and it just, the two people, him and the person he loves flowing together and that's fine and that love can be gentle, love, love can be peaceful. It doesn't have to be this wrought, painful anxiety driven thing and it was a really important album for me and then i found out that uh he wrote about Jamila Jamil <sighs> so now i'm completely torn because i can't stand <laughs> Jamila Jamil <laughs> she represents everything i hate um god it's so hard because i love James Blake so much And I dislike Joina Jamil. So, well, I don't dislike... She just is so... She's got that Rupi Kerr kind of naivety. I don't think she's a bad person. Uh, She just fucking sucks. And doesn't realise why. She's the body positivity woman who... um, She's the body positivity woman who... uh, Is incredibly beautiful and incredibly skinny. But just constantly appropriates fat culture. Uh, somehow she's the face of body positivity when she is stick thing and beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's odd. I'm just I listen to those songs and they, they they mean a lot to me and it's a really they've really sh- formed me. But then they're about someone who I can't stand, <laughs> like one of his songs Can't believe the way we flow. yeah, and it's like I used to listen to that. And it used to conjure up visions that were very personal to me, but now I can't just imagine being stuck in a house with Jamila Jamil. So it's it's weird how that sort of ruined the album for me. Um, I've been watching a lot of cooking programs because I with with TV I have, we have to me and my mum have to watch stuff that we both enjoy. So it normally ends up being sort of cooking programs because uh, my mum's obsessed with food, obsessed with food. My mum and my sister adore food, and I like it quite a bit, but. Um, they're absolutely obsessed. So we watch these, like we watch lots of episodes of Chef's Table. Do you guys know the Netflix series, Chef's Table? Uh, where they basically follow the most incredible Michelin star chefs uh, and explain their story. Um, but when I watched it with my mum and sister, I kind of get a bit enraptured by how incredible these dishes are and how amazing the, the people behind them are. Um, but then I remember showing it, I showed it to some like friends from uni, and as soon as it was on, I was like, oh my god, this is the most pretentious middle class shit I've ever seen in my life. As soon as it's taken out the context of being with people who are obsessed with food, you realise just how fucking bullshit all of it is. It's this really highly dramatised sort of mini documentary where it talks about Michelin star chefs as if they're some sort of like political leaders who have led revolutions. And it's like, no one's ever heard of these fuckers because... They charge three hundred fifty pound per head. Like even rich people might only eat there once in their life. But the way they talk about them is if they found the fucking cure for cancer. There's one episode where uh, this Italian chef Massimo something um, he talks about how he had this incredible idea to serve tortellini, but only six tortellini, and they're kind of they're jumping, they're 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 in a line jumping into soup. Why don't we serve something very? provocative I serve a tortellini only with six tortellini in one line they were walking into the broth so it's like they're, they're placed carefully as if they're jumping into soup sort of like lemmings um, and the way this sort of, like, all the food critics are normally these kind of quite overweight women with trendy haircuts and, like, big glasses, because, of course, um, they all, most most film critics look like the slug from Monsters, Inc. He was saying, here are six tortellini, you have to respect each one. Um... But the house enclosed because the, the Mission Star food world is very similar to the abstract art world where it's so encapsulated in itself uh, that it has no real idea of sort of relative proportions. So the way she's talking about him is like, wow, it's incredible to think that Massimo must have walked through these doors 20 years ago. Little do you know he was about to change the world. Six tortellini on a plate. <laughs> I just can't believe it. It's insane to think of. Can you imagine traditional Italian cooking? How they'd be turning their grave if they thought that somebody would shake things up like that. It's just changed the entire way I perceive tortellini. The key word there is tortellini. Whenever they're doing these superlatives, he's a genius. He's changed the world. Just remember tortellini. He's changed tortellini for a very few people. I still eat tortellini the exact same. And the way uh, he talks about traditional Italian cooking, they hated me for serving so little tortellini. Imagine what what the locals, they were thinking about us, they want me dead. You know, you cannot mess with grandmother recipe. Because you do not go against mama's cooking, and I don't know how much that's true, because it seems ridiculous that anyone get angry because you're serving a small amount of tortellini. Well, I mean, Italy is the one place in the world where you can imagine people getting furious <laughs> about uh, about the numbers of tortellini you're serving. Um, I watch Chef's Table, but I also watch uh, my mum's... Me and my mum have watched this for maybe the last 10 years, so I have a very personal connection to it, even though it is shite. Uh, the show MasterChef, which is with Greg Wallace and John Um and, and it's basically a, a cooking competition where they get amateurs there's a version with the professionals but it, it's it's a it's rid- ridiculously edited it's like a reality tv show basically where all these people they do all these dishes they do all these challenges classic but it's sort of cut up and edited to the point where um it always look every single time in one of these shows every single time it looks like just as it's like right guys time's up you got to serve up every single time it's a mad frantic rush as if they haven't prepared it. Like I'd love to see in one of these shows like just once someone finish early. Like I'm sure they do the same in Bake Off or something like that. In all of these cooking competition shows, it's always this mad frantic rush right at the end. Um it's always like 5 seconds on the clock and it's just they just managed to get put the sauce on just in time. Like I'd love someone to like finish yeah uh, and they just so what are you cooking oh I've already done it yeah it only took 20 minutes uh, and just have them just sit in there as everyone's just madly running around like fuck maybe I should have put some more shit on it because I finished really early Uh, but not what you watch those programs never does anyone finish on time like have some better time management some of you Um, but my boy gone wild is Greg Wallace um, because I've always like Greg Wallace is a fascinating individual it's insane I don't know what his appeal is maybe his appeal is he's got this sort of Joe Biden appeal where sort of middle England seem to like him because he's sort of uh, chummy and s- like slightly relatable Um he looks like an egg and he manages to k- present loads of stuff and get so many gigs and do MasterChef when he himself can't cook he's a greengrocer. He worked on Covent Garden as a greengrocer, which is what my granddad did. Um, and he must be the most famous greengrocer in the world. But I don't know how you can go from being a greengrocer to being a television presenter. as it seamlessly. It's almost impressive um, how much he's achieved considering that he looks like an egg and he's a greengrocer. My mum is gets furious at the idea of Greg Wallace. And I'm like, I don't know, I sort of respect... I respect the hustle um, because he's presenting a cooking programme and he's meant to be the everyman sort of person and he sort of lives up to that role because he's a fucking moron. Um, and John Therode is like a excellent chef. He's like world renowned and Greg Wallace, the English guy, the John is the Australian chef and the English guy we got on the show is just fucking Greg Wallace. And the contestants it's It's what I like about watching the show is that the contestants spend ages making these dishes. They present them to the two chefs John toeau takes a a bite and goes like mm, okay i'm getting i'm getting I'm getting a whisper of cumin has this very developed palate and describes with great detail and precision um what he's tasting and then Greg will just get his spoon and go into the pudding like It's hey, sticky, very sticky.' Yeah, I'd have that. I'd have that for pudding. <laughs> it's very... I like it. It's sticky. And it's like, who the fuck... Why are you judging these chefs' things when you can't even cook? How good has this got to be for it to be awarded a Blue Peter badge? I've run over time. Uh, I know someone commented that... Um, I say that every time. Uh, and yes, because it's the easiest way to end the show is by going, I've run over time. Even though I do often run over time a lot. Um yeah that's the end of the show uh i'll see you guys tomorrow like subscribe uh watch the other podcast tell your friends okay i want more views i want more f- subscribers um and also what what sort of length do you guys like what are you guys into because i i did the last one if it was like 23 minutes because you know a bit more relaxed um what sort of length do you guys like anyway do you like them a bit shorter because it's better or do you prefer it longer? I can't, I haven't quite worked it out. Um, but yes, stay safe. Um, and, oh no, before I go, before I go, um, I don't know if some of you guys have listened, but a lot of people are commenting on Billy Garton Jr.'s, the, you know, the motivational speaker, the guy who jumps in the pool every day uh, on his uh, TikTok. And what's amazing is that, the rent has run out on the rented house that he's got the pool from. So you might be wondering how the fuck does this guy have a pool? It's because he rents the place and he's been kicked out. So what does Billy Garton do he do? He starts doing cold showers. We're doing it again. Day 123, immersing myself in freezing cold water every day. The shower has getting a little bit more heat than I initially thought it would. But- I know what I'm getting out of this, and for the few people who have resonated with and have taken action, you know what you're getting out of it as well. So, like always, we're training our minds to just do things by doing something every day that's a little bit uncomfortable, alright? Without further ado, day 123, here we go. Um, Go on his latest post and look at some of the comments. They are hysterical. I just, I'm so here for people. I could look all day. I could read comments of people uh, claiming that the shower's warm. I did a few comments myself, um, and I've, I saw I saw a few listeners of the show commenting. So this is great. Let's just keep it up because I think we can get him to the point at least where he'll show uh, that he's switched the shower on to cold. That's sort of the start. But I want it to get to the point where he's going in an ice bath and he's putting a temperature st- to stick in there. Um, so, yeah, stay safe, stay humble. And most importantly, think big, work smart. <laughs>